getting acquainted with yourself. You are now starting on the greatest adventure of your life. If, yes, if you will listen with a mind freed from previously formed opinions, skepticism, and prejudice. Stop and think while you listen. In his book, I Can, Ben Sweetland's first job is to sell you to yourself. He makes this strange statement because not one person in a hundred has any idea of his own power and capabilities. The failure thinks he's a failure because he was intended by fate to be a failure, Tommy Rott. Do you know the difference between a success and a failure? It is not physical. You cannot see the difference. It is not educational because many highly educated men and women are failures. It is a matter of attitude. One man sees himself as a failure. The other man sees himself as a success. In other words, the only difference between you and the man who goes places is a matter of consciousness. Isn't this great news? Isn't it exciting to know that you now possess everything you need for outstanding success and happiness? And all you need to do to become a success is to change your mind? A man who thought he was a pauper without a single thing of value was offered $10,000 for an eye which could be transplanted into the head of another. He refused. This man possessed riches without realizing it. Think of a few of the wonders of that body of yours. You have a laboratory which controls your digestive system and it does its job far more perfectly than the most complete man-made laboratory on the face of the earth. We marvel at television, yet think of our eyes. They reproduce within the brain with crystal clearness everything within their range. We brag about our man-made recording equipment. Our ears are the finest microphones which pick up all sounds transmitting them to the brain, where they may later be voiced through the mouth. The dominant thought that is presented at this time is the truth that you can do things, that you can be a success. So begin building a consciousness of success by repeating to yourself many, many times, I can be a success. The Art of Relaxation You should be relaxed right now because the mind absorbs information while the body is relaxed far more than when the body is tense. Many people have difficulty in relaxing because they think they can't relax. The moment you know you can relax, you will. Here's a truth to remember. When you are tense, you are burning energy. When you are relaxed, you are storing energy. You can open and close your hands at will. You can move your head, your body, your legs at will. Why? Because you know you can. As soon as you know you can relax the muscles of the body, you will have no difficulty in doing so. Practice relaxation. Talk to various members of your body, toes, foot, ankle, leg, body, and so forth, and instruct them to relax, and they will. Just as Ben Sweetland states, when you master the art of relaxation, many blessings will come into your life. If you thoroughly relax as soon as you retire at night, 
you will drop off into a peaceful sleep and will awake refreshed. If you relax thoroughly before eating a meal, the food will do you much more good. You will be working with nature in helping to make your food digest perfectly. Here's a test you can make. Clench your fist tightly, and as you open it, notice how the blood has been forced out of certain portions of the hand. This will show you how tenseness can impair circulation of the blood, causing many ailments. Become relaxation conscious. Whenever you find yourself tense, whisper to your inner self, we can begin now with our first meditation entitled the cloud of unknowing our intention here is in summoning intimate contact with formless substance energy that has not become anything yet which is to say your comfort at being nothing Take a few moments simply to center yourself. Now as part of the centering, you may want to begin settling so that as you're centering, you're also settling and your awareness is settling down specifically to the area around the base of your spine so we're centering and settling
the spine itself is the primary reference point for the conduction of sexual energy. So as you move down and up, down and then up again, to grow more familiar with the various degrees and levels your consciousness expresses itself through, you also become more aware of the greater variety of experience that each degree of consciousness connects you to. So that in any sexual act, you can begin relying on the movement of up and down the spine as a way of expanding your own experience in that activity.
your normal lifespan. We have so thoroughly accepted threescore years and ten as our lifespan that most of us, in anticipation of the approaching deadline, began to let down after we passed the age of 50. If human beings had a lifespan in keeping with all other forms of life, it would be at least 125 years. Then why do we appear so old when in the neighborhood of the 70s? Here again, we can refer to our faithful creative mind explained earlier. After we passed the age of 50, we began holding mental pictures of age. We see ourselves growing old. We actually look for and expect signs of senility. The creative mind, accepting all of these mental pictures as instructions, proceeds to hasten our natural aging process, with the result that we actually do show definite signs of age. Listen to the words of Ben Sweetman, a septuagenarian who is still young. If you establish in that loyal creative mind of yours the fact that your lifespan will be at least 125, and you begin to live accordingly, you will find that instead of 70 being the old age of youth, it is the youth of old age. Develop a youth consciousness. Think of yourself as being young, both in mind and body. Remember, your body is continually renewing itself. If you hold mental pictures of youth and strength, your new cells will reflect youth and strength. Live in the future. Keep your mind on coming events and your participation in future activities not on the imaginary good old days. Acquire a taste for the beautiful. Train yourself to think in terms of beauty. Make a friend of your mirror. Look at it with a happy smile, and a happy smile will come back to you. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our sound stage our star, Laird Krigar, with Hans Conrad in Narrative About Clarence, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. <laughs> Well, you see now how I was beginning to feel about my dear half-brother-in-law, Clarence. First, it was nothing but just pure hatred. I didn't have any cause yet for fear. And then came that day with little Jeannie. Doesn't take much imagination to know what happened before I got home. Mama, I'm already to school. Huh? Hello, Jeannie. Oh, hello, Clarence. Did you see Mama? Well, your mother's gone out for a while, but... <laughs> There's some good in everything, isn't there, Jeannie? This gives us a chance to get acquainted. Well, I'll be late for school. Oh, bother the school. I bet Sally Bates wouldn't worry about school if she had an uncle visiting her who'd come all the way from India. India? Do they really lie on beds with nails and all those things? <laughs> no. Those are just the fakirs. They do those stunts for money, like your circus performers over here. Well, I never saw anything like that in a circus. Did you ever see anything like this, Jeannie? Just a ring, isn't it? Like a cat's eye. If you look at it long enough, you'll see all the mysterious secrets of the East. I'm afraid to look again, Uncle Clarence. That light in it, like a cat's eye, scares me. Oh, come now. A big girl like you're afraid in the broad daylight. 
Why do you do those funny things with your eyes? Perhaps because my eyes see so many wonderful things. Just as yours will, if you will only look at the ring. Is... is it magic? Perhaps. Look and see if it isn't. Look right in the center of the cat's eye. That's it. It... it makes me feel sleepy. That's the way it works. First you feel terribly, terribly sleepy. And then you see the most wonderful things. First, you feel sleepy. And, and then...
Nick, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Sorry? What do you mean? My brilliant idea, driving you down here to see San Juan Capistrano. Well, I think it's a very interesting mission. If you want to see the rest of it, I'll be glad to. No, Nick. Let's just walk a while. You don't like the mission at all. I'm afraid I've wasted your afternoon. No. No, it isn't that, Gladys. It's just... What is it, Nick? You're depressed. Well, it's just that seeing all this reminds me of Italy. The churches I saw there. Except they were all wrecked. Holes in the roof, statues all over the floor, paintings ripped to pieces. Everything smashed. Nick. It's all right. Maybe I forgot about what I saw too quickly. It all comes back with such a jolt. It's too bad people can't get along. The world's a pretty nice place if you're happy. Are you happy? I wasn't. When? Until I met you. I love you, Gladys. Oh, Nick. Nick, I've been waiting for you. It seems all my life I've been waiting for you.
to build a magnetic personality. The word personality is taken from the word person. It is that something which distinguishes one from another, 
There are good personalities, there are bad personalities. A magnetic personality is not something you see, but something you feel. It is a combination of traits of the type which attract people to you. One might not possess physical beauty, yet radiate such magnetism from within that he or she actually becomes beautiful in the eyes of others. Permit me to relate a few of the characteristics which either add to or detract from a magnetic personality as described in Ben Sweetman's powerful book, I Can. There are a few things which detract more from a likable personality than timidity. Declare to yourself that you like people and like to be with people and talk to people. Your timidity will soon fade away. The one with a mind of fear and worry is not magnetic. You can use your creative mind to help you overcome these two enemies. With your permission, it will guide you in thought and action so that you can eliminate the cause of your fears and worries. Those who indulge in self-pity repel more than they attract. Count your blessings, be grateful for what you have, and know that you can master conditions instead of being mastered by them. You will soon lose your self-pity. Are you considerate of others? Think of all the magnetic people you know, and you'll find that they think of your interests before they do their own. Have you lots of friends? You can have, if you remember the truth. To have a friend, be a friend. Never hold a grudge. Be just as quick to forgive others as you would expect them to forgive you. Finally, become personality conscious. No, you have a magnetic personality because you're doing everything necessary to create one. Yeah.
Ghosts go clubbing. Earthbound ghosts often go to places where there is an abundance of human energy. The first place that quickly comes to mind is a bar or club where alcohol is served. It seems that the more wasted the clientele is, the more easily ghosts can attach themselves. As mentioned, individuals in an inebriated state are susceptible to ghostly attachments because alcohol depletes their protective auric field. It's like letting down their guard. I remember several years ago when I was in Minneapolis for a demonstration. After it was over, I thought I could unwind with a drink at one of the local bars. First of all, let me point out that any time I am in an unfamiliar city, I always do my protection ritual because I never know if ghosts will be lurking about. As Kelly and I walked to the bar, we noticed many boarded up buildings. With a scarcity of stores, the streets were dimly lit. I said to Kelly, I feel very weird. The energy around here feels dark and eerie. Make sure you build a wall of protection around yourself. The instant Kelly and I walked into the club, we were hit by the negative energy. The smell of mold and bleach filled the air and our nostrils. With each step we took to the second floor, I felt worse. When we reached the dance floor, neither of us could see much through the flashing spotlights and neon signs. People seemed to be in a frenzied state as they tried to capture the rhythm of the blasting beat. Although seeing people was difficult, seeing ghosts was not. The place was filled with them. Dark shadows followed people around and dark figures crowded into corners. Some ghosts sat alongside people at the bar enjoying the pleasures of vodka martinis and tequila shots. Then I saw something I had never seen before. Sitting in a booth on the other side of the room was a very intoxicated young woman leaning over a table. Two ghosts sat next to her, one on each side. One was a skinny young woman who seemed to be high on drugs, and the other was a man who reminded me of a burned-out rocker. I looked over at Kelly and said, Okay, five minutes and we're out of here. Some people were so drunk that several of them bumped into me on my way to find some ventilation. We didn't wait the five minutes. I looked at Kelly and she looked back at me, and we made a beeline down the stairs. As we rushed out the door and felt the cool evening air, we felt a bit of relief. Then we turned and saw a long line of people waiting to get in. Several ghosts tagged along with the waiting customers. The whole atmosphere was a scary movie in the making. Kelly and I, both of us creeped out by the negative energy, quickly turned the corner and walked down the street as fast as we could. I said, I feel as though I need a shower. Kelly replied, me too. At that very moment, it started to sprinkle. Imagine now, or sense, if you will, above your head, a cloud, a cloud of indistinct shape, a cloud that is slightly larger than your body size, 
hovering suspended anywhere from three to five feet above your head. Allow this cloud to be made up of the very essence of formless substance. Formless substance. And as you sit below the cloud, aware of your spine and the density and the clarity and the cloud above you, gradually invite the cloud down and allow it to drift down on its own pace and on its own speed. let it drift on its own speed as it comes down and starts touching your crown and eventually enveloping your head and let it keep drifting down and as the cloud is larger than your body size, it envelops your entire body as it moves to the ground below you. So take your time, don't push, let the cloud fall. yourself be comfortable inside the cloud and if you're able feel or sense in as many areas that you're able where the cloud is touching and resting upon your skin behind you to the sides, on your face, your thighs, back of your neck. Feel the cloud touching your skin. At your own pace, allow the cloud to enter through your skin, inside your body, you merge with formless substance. You become the cloud.